Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, I'm telling you, man, hey, I think we have something tonight that's just going to be so awesome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, and I can't wait for people to hear the man of God that we have on the call tonight. His name is Derek Crawford. He's from Tallahassee, Florida, but now he's residing in Orlando. All right. Yeah, we'll get with Derek in a few minutes, and he can tell you how he got down to um, Orlando. It was a... It was a move of God, and he was being obedient, and he did what he was supposed to do, and that's where he is right now. Yes, yes. So, Brian, what's on your heart tonight? You know, I'm just, I'm just glad to be in among the living, Greg. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know what? Uh, a lot of times you go through things, and you know, and sometimes they get you down. But I'm just full of joy right now. You know, so many other people right now, Brian, they're hurting. They don't have a solution. They don't think that life can get any better. You have a lot of people that are committing suicide. And people hear me talk about suffering all the time. And that's just something that, you know, when you turn the television on, that's what you see. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of people suffering. And, you know, Brian, you and I both, we get the emails from people from all over the world. And people are just hurting. They're looking for a, a solution. They're looking for something that they can hold on to. They need to hear something from someone. Uh, they need to hear something other than pick up your Bible and read it. They need, to be, they need to hear something, that word that God has given us to give to others. And once we realize that the things that we go through in life, they're not about us, they're, they are for others that are coming after us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're all t- supposed to minister to each other. And, you know... If if you've gone through something in your life and you can't share it with somebody else, that's just a sad situation. We should never be ashamed of the things that we've gone through in our lives. Never. We should never be ashamed of that because what we've gone through is a solution for someone else. If we open up and share that with them. Do you agree? I totally agree. You know, um, I can remember when the old folks used to say, I'd rather see a sermon to hear one and what I got from that was that you had to see people live that testimony they had to live that life you know in order for you you know in order for you to really look at it you know when you you hear people say well you know I understand what you went through you know they couldn't possibly understand what you went through unless they've gone through a similar situation yes you know now they could say I can sympathize with you because I understand the pain you might feel because I've been through that. Then, see, those are the type of people you can listen to. And I think this is one of the reasons we do this show is that we want to bring people on and we want to discuss issues that are relevant to the body of Christ so that we can find true solutions for those who are hurting, you know, who are lost, who are trying to find that solution. And the answer that they get is, well, go look in your Bible. You know, and that's easy to say, but it's not its not always easy to do. I mean, I might pick up my Bible, but if my heart is not there, then I'm not going to understand anything in there. So a lot of times we need somebody to help us get our heart right. You know, we, we need sort of like that person that's on the side that's just coaching you on and cheering you on and saying, you know, brother, I went through that, or sister, I went through that, and so let me help you find the way. And, and and so we got a brother on tonight that's going to talk about restoring. Wow, restoring. You know, restoring. What comes to your mind when you when you see the word restore? Right. You know what comes to my mind? Getting back something that belonged to me. Wow. That's what I get out of that. Uh, you know, when I get I, out of that. Yeah, when you know, I see the word restore, I, what comes to me is the promises that God has made to us. Hmm. That's what that's what comes to me, you know. And we're not going to hold Derek on, on the line, but we're going to bring him on right now. Derek is a graduate of Florida A&M University, and like I, I said love. before, he's from Tallahassee. 
He's a true man of God. He's gone through some things. He, you know, he struggled with some things. He's dealt with some things, and he's he's grown. And Derek and I spent many nights on the phone, late nights on the phone, talking. And you know, it says in about iron sharpens iron. So we put our heads together. We talk. We pray. And I don't remember. It's not too many times that I've hung up the telephone before Derek said, "You know what? Let's pray, brother. Let's pray." And he'll pray. He he'll just bless my family, my home. And, you know, it, it's just an awesome thing to hear a brother say, you know what, let's end this call in prayer. Derek, are you there? I'm here, Greg. How you doing, man? Oh, Greg, I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. Yeah, Derek, with... welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Brian. Yes, Thank man. We're going to have a good time tonight, Derek, and I'm so I glad believe... that you, you decided to come on the show, and uh, I, I just feel that some healing will take place tonight. Amen. I believe that, Greg. I believe that. Yeah. So, Derek. Yeah. So, Derek, when when I told you the title of the show, the topic of restore, what came to your mind? Yeah. You know, pretty much like you said earlier, um, uh, getting back what belongs to you. Um, you know, you getting back to that rightful place in God. Uh, you know, when we first, you know, start this Christian walk, uh, we we're happy, we're excited, and we're praising God, and we're free. And, and we're, you know, joyful, but then when the storms of life comes, some of that stuff kind of have a tendency of being put on the back burner, the joy, the smile, and that type of thing. But once you've gone through the process and have allowed God, that's the key word, allow God to, to process you and, and strengthen you in some areas, then he can restore you back to that normal person. And uh, that's what I think when I hear the word restore, you know, getting back to that rightful place in God. You know, uh, Derek, Yes. One thing you said in there, you talked about the joy that you feel when you first become a believer. Yes. You know, how did you feel personally, like when you first accepted Christ? What was what was the first thing that came to your mind? Well, when I first accepted Christ, I was I was fairly young, um, and I really didn't really understand a whole lot about the Christian walk. I just knew that I needed to be right with God. And, and the way that I could do that was to accept him as my personal Savior. Um, but along with that, you know, comes the, like I said before, the joy and the excitement about your new life in God, not knowing that, you know, down the road there are going to be times where things are not going to always be easy, you know. And uh, I, just for any person that is, is, is coming into this life that are new in God, they need to know that, you know, yeah, there's a, there's something to be proud of and there's something to be happy about, but you have to also be prayed up and, and, and strengthened and, and be, you know, in the Word so that when the storms of life do come, it can kind of, you can float through it as opposed to falling and laying dormant and, and allowing it just really take control over you. Um, so, Derek, let me yeah. ask you this. You know, mm-hmm. when, when you were, were, were out in the world and of the world and mm-hmm. you had your friends, and you know, when you made that commitment to mm-hmm. follow Christ, what did your friends say? Did they were they happy for you, or did they try to persuade you not to do it, or did they pick at you, or, or what? What what did you feel? From, what did you hear from them? Yeah, you know what? My real friends accepted it. My real friends accepted it, understood, and 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 you know were were, were happy for me. But then the ones who were just my associates and ones that I just hung around, those were the ones that were kind of. You know, didn't really accept it a whole lot, or as as well as I thought they would, they should. Um, but you know, Greg, you know, seeking God and, and changing and turning your life to God, you really be in. A, you have to get to a position where you don't care. You know, where God says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violence take it by force. You have to be radical in your belief and in your decision to serve God. And you can't. You know, you you love for your friends and you love your family, but you have to really be more concerned about the things of God than you do about the people. And it takes a while and a process for you to be delivered from people. But once you get into true fellowship with God, that other stuff doesn't even really matter. That's true. And once they see you, you know, our our greatest witness is that we can tell our friends that we're going to change our life or we're going to live a better life. But, you know, you can say that all day long. But your greatest witness to your friends uh, or unbelievers is to live that before them, and that in itself is a witness. Well, you know yeah. what? You know what? Let me ask you this, Derek. You know, you know when you when you first accepted Christ, huh? you know, and you were new, you were a babe in uh-huh. Christ, uh-huh. and you know sometimes we feel that we know everything when we were, you know, when we're new, we just uh-huh. want to we just want to run and tell the world uh-huh. what we think we know. Uh-huh. Now, when that first test comes 
Mm-hmm. Or that first test came for you. Mm-hmm. How did you deal with it? Did you think, you know, this is not, this is not supposed to be happening to me. I'm a, I've committed my life to Christ now. This these type of things, this is not supposed to be happening. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, Greg, I was mad. I really was. I was mad, and I was I was really uh, uh, afraid um, because it came so so rapid. I mean, so fast. Um, it kind of caught me off guard. I mean, I, I went from being uh, a leader in the youth ministry to a guy who didn't even want to come out of his house, you know. Um, and it was really uh, it was really painful, man. And like I said, it happened. It caught me off guard. Um, but over time. And 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 me allowing God to to speak and and to and seek in His face, He began to share with me, you know, what the test was about. It wasn't about me; it was about Him. You know, it was about Him getting some glory out of it. And you know, a lot of people, uh, are believers, we we see these uh, these mainstream preachers and pastors, and we see what great anointing they have on their life, and. You know, we want to be used like them, and we want to be powerful like them and possess what they possess. But you don't really understand the level of attack these people have been under and are still under, you know. So um, in order for you to really be processing God or, or for the anointing to increase, God have to test you, you know. And and he said, the word of God says, Beloved, think it not strange at the fiery trials you're going through, as if something strange has happened to you. All believers who are walking in the... The, in, in walking in a Christian life are going to at some point in their life experience a time when things are not going to be go as well as you want them to go. But you have to know that God is with you. The Word says He'll never leave you or forsake you. And that in the end, no matter what it looks like, God in the end will get the glory. So as long as you can go into a test with that type of attitude, I wish that I had known that earlier. I certainly would have went through it a lot better than I did. But now that I've matured in God, I know that when the test comes, that's the time to say, God, Thank you, because again, in the end, God will get the glory out of it. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our number, if you want to call in, have a question or a comment, is seven one eight five zero eight ninety six hundred. That's seven one eight five zero eight ninety six hundred. Derek, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. So, when you first accepted Christ. Mm-hmm. What was the first thing you told your friends, like the ones that you used to hang out with, all your buddies? Did you know? Did you come out and tell them, or is it just something that kind of came up uh, based on the situation? You know, like I know when I first accepted Christ, I wasn't. I, I mean, I, I I did it sort of like a. It was it wasn't really an impulse thing. I was really suffering with, you know, some things that I was going through. Mm-hmm. But when I first accepted Christ, I still was in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't fully accept him, and, and part of it was because nobody was there to really teach me. Mm-hmm. I had to really read and study and learn, and I grew in Christ, cool. you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of my friends didn't really know I was a Christian mm-hmm. right then. You know, it wasn't until I decided that I was just going to be sold out for Christ, and I just completely stopped doing the things that I was doing that they said, whoa, you know, what's going on? So was that, was that the same type of situation that you went through? Absolutely, man. When I, when I first really decided to walk with God, um, I, had, I had gone to a church, and um, I was really blessed by the ministry, and I had, you know, seen a couple people at the church that I knew um, who were there who were really excited about the move of God that was taking place there. So long story short, I, I, um, I just began to seek the Lord about it. I felt the leading of the Lord to go and just, you know, attend some more services. And while I was there, I felt the move of God to just restore my life back to God. Well, at the same time, I was still had one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And I think a lot of us kind of go through that. You have to, you, you, you accept God, but you still have to grow in his grace. And things doesn't just fall off overnight. Sometimes God can deliver instantaneously, but then there are times when he doesn't. And so, when I went back to my friends and, and was telling them that I had gone to this church, they could see the excitement because really and truly I was excited. But I still wanted, I guess, the acceptance from them. But the more and more I went and the more I began to see that it was time that I really changed and that God really began to show me just how stinking and sin I was, I knew that I had to make a change. And, again, like I said earlier, I, I could hang around my friends every day and tell them I was serious about my walk with God, but if they didn't see any fruit, then it really didn't matter. 
But when I began to really walk out the things of God and begin to connect with the people of God and my conversations changed and my desire to want to go out changed and my desire to do other things changed, they really saw it for themselves that, you know, wow, this guy's really serious about his walk with God. And so I didn't even have to say a whole lot at that point. They were seeing it for themselves, and so their conversations began to change. You know, the way they came, they, the way they came to me began to, began to change. Everything in itself just simply began, began to change because they can see the sincerity in my walk with God. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't have to say a whole lot after a while because the light for itself, for lack of a better word, began to shine, and they saw it on their own. Yes. Oh, excellent word. <laughs> yes, yes. Derek, we're going to go to the caller. We have a caller from the 443 area code. Caller, are you there? Caller, are you there? Okay, I'm sorry we missed them. We have another caller. We're going to go to the lines again, Derek. Um, but, Derek, before I go to the next caller, you know, you said something that was, was, was awesome. You said your light was shining and they and they saw it. You know, did did they try to follow you and say, well, Derek, you know, I want some of that of what you have. I, can I go to church with you? You know, sometimes people try to cling to you when you when you first go in and they see uh, how how different you look. Because, yeah. you know, when God changes you, yeah. you don't look like you used to look. Right. You don't right. act like you used to act, and you don't right. talk or walk like you used to. Right. So right. were they trying to get something from you? You know, Greg, um, there was a passage in the Bible where Moses, Moses went on the hill um, and went to the mountains, and he went to the mountains, and he began to, to spend time with God. And when Moses came back, the people couldn't even look at Moses because they said that he had all they could see was the glory of God. They, Moses' face was shining so bright that they literally had to put their hands in their head. And when I really began to seek God, really began to just give up my own desires for, for the world and seek God, and, and you know, withdrew myself from my friends. When I did see them again, they all would say the same, you know, would say, oh, man, you know, it's something different about you, man. You know, what are you doing? And, you know, you know that type of thing. So it was not me that was drawing them. It was the anointing of God that was on my life that was drawing them. That's you so know, awesome. not that I would compare myself to Moses, but I'm just using that as an analogy. When you, when you go away and you really begin to spend time with God, your life changes. Like you said, your looks change. Your, everything, your countenance changes. You become somebody totally different. And when friends who knew you from being a, a certain way see you, again, that is a witness. And like you said, they want to get some of that. You know, they want to they find out what it is that you're doing so that they can get, you know, into that same place with God as well. Because, Greg, believe it or not, so many people are in the world and they're partying and they're having fun and they're the life of the party. But when they're by themselves, those people are hurting. Yes. Those people need answers. They they want answers. They they want deliverance. They want healing. They want restoration. So, you know, we we can sometimes put on a good front for our friends and our and our account, you know, and our you know our, our buddies. But when we get by ourselves, that's when the true you comes out. You know. Yeah. And, and like true. people are hurting and people want answers. You know. Yes. Yeah, so and the only way they can get it is is really through the Word of God and through our personal relationship with God. And that's so true. Uh-huh. Derek, we have another caller on the line from the area code 267. Caller, are you there? Caller, are you there from the 267 area code? Brian. Brian, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Yes, yes. You had a question for Derek? Um, yeah, I wanted um, you know, it was something you said about, you know, how they say you don't look the same. Right. You know, it's funny because I think, I had that same type of experience where when I went around my buddies, you know, and it was an inside joke. They used to call me Bishop, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because every time I went around them, whatever they were doing, I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. I'm gone. Y'all drinking, y'all smoking, y'all doing whatever. I'm not doing that. And every time I, every time they invite me to the house, I ask, okay, who's over there? Are you drinking? Are you smoking? Are you playing cards? If you're doing any of that, I'll wave on the way by. I come by, say hi, and I'm out of there. And I never stayed at the house more than two or three minutes. Mm-hmm. And when their friend, when like when their friends would show up, and everybody want to have, you know, that's having doing what they're doing. When they show up and they see me come through the door, they say, "Oh, here come the bishop! Everybody hide your sin," mm-hmm. you know. And it was like, I was like, "You don't have to hide it from me." 
you know, because God sees it anyway. And it's like, oh, he preaching now, y'all. He preaching now. It's time to go. You know, I used to get that a lot. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I that I also used to get was I would get a lot of those same people when they were going through something. Mm-hmm. They would call me. Yeah, sure. Do you seem to get that that same oh, sure. thing happening? Sure. You know, man. Some way, somehow, there, 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 are, there are a lot of friends that I have not associated with a lot since I have begun to walk with God. Mm-hmm. However, there are some friends that I still, on a certain on certain occasions, that I still talk to, and they're still in the world and that type of thing. But you know, I, I talk to them because who am I to judge them? Mm-hmm. But the ones that I don't talk to, I'm assuming the ones that I do talk to in some form or fashion have told them, you know, there's something different about Derek. You know, you know, when we talk, the conversation is different. You know, we end with the prayer, or he's he's encouraging me. And those friends that I don't talk to a whole lot on, on when they're like you said, when they go through some hard times or they're going through a hard time, they pick up the phone and they call me. And 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 even the friends that I do talk to, they don't have to necessarily say it, but they'll call me. Their countenance is different. You can just discern their spirit. And you know that they really are in need of just an encouraging word or just prayer. So, yes, I do get that. I do get friends that that kind of I won't say cling, but they 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 come around and they want encouragement and prayer. And and you know what, man, I I, I really I I like that because that's an indication to me that there's something about my life in God that is being that is positively affecting their life. You know, not that it's about me. But it's about them seeing God in me, and that in itself, man, is enough. That's that that to me is great. And and when they do call and and they're going through, certainly, man, prayer is is what we do. Oh, an encouraging word is what we do, and I don't have a problem with that, not at all. Yeah, Derek, I'm gonna try one more call, or hopefully okay. I won't. Uh, I don't know if we're running into any type of uh, technical difficulties, but uh, I have a caller from the three one three area code. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Yes. Finally, we have a caller. (laughs) Wonderful. How are you? Blessed. How are you? Okay. Derek is listening. You have a question or a comment for us tonight? Well, I was, when I read the email, it said restore. And today, that's exactly what I need. I've got some news today, and it's rather personal, and I don't know if the person is on the line or whatever, maybe listening, but it's just totally, totally mind-blowing. And it's like, how can a man of God in the pulpit that's laying hands on people and prophesying and going around the country and just, you know, portraying one way to the people and living a different lifestyle, and I have served this man for like over 10 years. And today when I found out the other side of the life, it is just really just pushing me away from the ministry. It just made me just really, really just want to just walk away because this is one person that I just knew that was living the life for God, you know, and was living what he was preaching about. And to find out that it's not so, it's just, it's just mind-blowing. You know what, Colin, let me say this. Don't allow anyone to interrupt your relationship with God. This pastor, whoever this person is, can't put you in heaven and they can't put you in hell. So you stay on your knees, regardless of what this person is doing. They're going to have to answer for that. Absolutely. So you stay focused. On your relationship with God, because man will let you down every time. Every time. Every time. So don't put and, your and trust in Him. Go ahead, right. Derek. And you know, too, um, one of the things that that I that I've had to learn since I've been walking with God is this: is that so many times, and, I, and I'm I, I'm guilty of this as well. So I'm not saying this to be judgmental. I'm saying this from personal experience. So many times we put our pastors and these uh, different evangelists and prophets. You know, we put them up like they're sinless, they're blameless, that they could never do no wrong, you know, when they're human beings and they're susceptible to sin just like anybody else. Um, you know, but I, I do understand your point about you being upset about, you know, this man of God, you know, being portraying it and living a, a, a life one way and then you find out another life about him. 
But this man is human. He's human. He's in a he's in a human in a, in a human form, and he's susceptible to sin just like anybody else. You know. But if this man is is being if because the, the word of God says gifts come without repentance, if lives are being touched by the power of God, lives are being changed, yokes are being distorted, and burdens are being lifted, mm-hmm. then that's all that really should matter. You know, you go to God, like Greg said earlier, and pray for that man of God, mm-hmm. you know, because he's, 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 I'm not justifying his sin by no means. Mm-hmm. Sin is sin, and it's all sin in the sight of God. But this is a man of God, this is a man who is, who is able to sin just like anybody else. You know, it's just like if you have a pastor that, you know, you're giving your tithes and offerings to, and you're giving your tithes and offerings, and you're seeing God bless your tithes and offerings, and this man of God is taking the money and sleeping with women or buying cars. Once you get that money out of your hand, that money goes to the kingdom of God. Now, what he does with it, like Greg said, he has to deal with God about that. So if you're at this man's church and the word of God is being taught, life is being changed, your life is being changed, and you hear ladies here that he has a, something else that he's doing with, don't let that affect you. You know, just get on your knees and say, God, you know, just pray for that man of God, that God will restore him back to his rightful place in God. Because so many believers, so many ministers in, in of the gospel have fallen short of God's glory. And the word of God says we all have sinned and fallen short. But I know, but I understand how you feel. It kind of hurts you when it's somebody who you really have a great deal of respect for, mm-hmm. and then they turn around and, you hear something other something else about them that have a tendency of, of kind of hurting you. So you just may be a little hurt right now, but, you know, nevertheless, don't give up on the man of God. Continue to pray for the man of God. And God, if he's definitely a man of God and, hear from, and hears from God, trust me, he'll get back to his rightful place in God. Right, right. I want to add on to that, Derek. You know, the one thing that's very important in in any walk with Christ is that you have to put the message ahead of the messenger. Yes. Because when you think about it, even Moses sinned. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the prophets sinned. Job sinned. Even though they said Job was righteous, the one sin that Job committed was that he doubted the power of God. And he quit. And so, you know, in the midst of all of this, should we have, should we hold our pastors to a higher standard? Absolutely, because God holds them to a higher standard because they're responsible for our souls. Mm-hmm. They're, the, they're the keepers of our souls. But at the same time, should we just say, oh, my God, he did something wrong, and it's time to hang him up? What if God did that to you? Yeah. The many times that we go out and we sin and we commit these things that are, that's, that are you know, repugnant in God's sight, that, you know, just that is just repugnant to his nostrils. He can't even smell that type of sin. It's so bad. And then God says, if you repent, then I forgive you. See, the one thing that that if he's done that, if he's come out and he said, I repent of my sins, then you have to forgive him. Well, you, know, you can't you can't leave it out there like that. He that. hasn't done, and I'm sorry. He, he won't he won't even claim the only the way I found out was an unmentionable way. I don't because I don't want to expose anybody. I don't want to put my mouth on anybody. But the man is gay. Just just he's gay. You see what I'm saying? And then his lover is the one who told me about it, and it's just I I don't I just can't see. Spirits transfer. You feel what I'm saying? And I, I believe in the transference of spirits, you know, and you carrying something and then you're hiding it, you know, and then you laying hands on somebody. You don't know what can happen to somebody else. Well, let me help you. Do you believe that being gay is any different from lying? No, sin, sin is murder. sin. But you know, when you lying, you gonna repent for lying. But when you're, when you repent, when you steal, when you murder, when you do any of that, you're gonna repent. And I understand what you're saying. And I believe me, I truly understand it. But if he would repent, then I could go from there. But when well, you're not gonna even acknowledge and keep denying it, and not exposing the enemy for what he is. Right. Now, and I can truly understand that. Now, and you also have to remember, what he may also be dealing with is pride. Mm-hmm. And see, sometimes when you have a pastor who's 
you know, who's up there at a certain particular level, you may have a a, a, a portion of pride that sets in that says, I can't do that. I can't say that because I'm going right. to lose some members and yeah. I'm going to I'm going to lose my church. But it's so losing so church worth your on, salvation. Right. You know, they get caught up on on what they may potentially lose when they don't really understand that it. it's not theirs to lose. Right. Because right. see God, you don't like you don't lose church members. You know what I mean? Mm-mm, you don't. I mean, if God wants it, wants that church to grow, He's going to give you everything you need to make it grow. Right. And if He doesn't want it, it, and if He doesn't feel you're the person that's going to make it grow, then you won't be there long. But what yeah. happens, you know, and I'm not saying this is the, exactly the case, but you know what happens is that you have a pastor that has gotten to such a level that he believes that he's untouchable, even from God. And that he does not have to answer to you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but he does have to answer to God. Sure he does. And so what you have to do is you have to pray that the Lord will send him a message that he can hear. Yes. Because right now, it's like he's hardened his heart to the truth. Because any man, any man who, I mean, and I, I mean, you have to think about this. He has to be. He has to be extremely bold to go out there and preach the word of God and then openly and actively commit that sin. And then when he's exposed, act like nothing's happened. Right. Wow. And that's the part that hurts me. I don't care about what you do. You know, as long as you repent for it, you know, you and God, you got your relationship tight with God. But don't deny your sin. Right. Don't that's deny right. it. Well, well Carl, right. let me ask you this. Do you trust God? Yes, I do. Do you think He's all power? All power is in His hands. Yes, I do. So, do you think this situation is bigger than God? No, nope, it's not bigger than God. God is bigger than the situation. I'm just really, really just hurt right now, and I'm right. probably just speaking out of anger because I love unconditionally, and I express that to him. I told him my love for you is unconditional, yes. but I just want to see you make Don't do all this and still go to hell. Yes, yes, I understand. And, you know, Carla, I'm going to say this, and we can move on. God sees everything. Yes, he does. And everything is under his power. Yes, he does. Amen. So in his timing, when he wants to deal with this, it will stop or it will be exposed. It will be exposed. Can I say something that's too great? Yes, go ahead. And you know, sometimes the enemy, the enemy, he, church hurt is one of the one of the most painful things anybody can go through. Yes. When you go through church hurt, it really makes you it really makes you bitter, and you turn your back on sometimes the things of God and your and just Christianity as a whole, and that's dangerous. And sometimes the enemy will use things and situations to turn you from the things of God. So in this situation that, you, that you're going through, uh, my sister, just be, be encouraged, number one. But number two, really seek God about this and pray hard about this and, 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 and expect God to speak to you about what's your next step in this situation. Because the enemy could maybe be using this very thing that could probably be restored to make you bitter and turn your back from the church. And when you go back to the world, that's even worse, you know. And, and so in this situation, just, just really see God about this and just pray, pray hard about it and, and just expect God to really give you true revelation about what you should do about this situation because you don't want the enemy to, you know, get you all caught up in church hurt and you leave the church and you have to start searching for another church and all that stuff. Who has time for that? Time is too short for that. Yes, it is. So if really just, see God about this situation. Yes. If you're just joining us and listening in, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. The phone number, if you have any questions or comments, is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. And tonight we have our special guest, Derek Crawford. Derek, you know, yes, we were talking a little bit earlier about letting our light shine. And mm-hmm. you were saying that sometimes that light is like a magnet to your friends that the ones that they see you and they see this change in you of what you used to be and now they see this new you. Mm-hmm. What about that magnet to the to the people that want to attack you because of that? Well, you know, wow. You have to really, 
you, you, you really have to really be discerning about a whole lot of stuff. And, and you know, the Word of God says that there are wolves that come in sheep clothing. You just know by the Spirit of God that you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you, those who really mean you good and those who don't. You know, so if, if it's somebody that, you know, can see the glory of God in your life and, and they come at you, you pretty much know what type of, uh, I won't say all the time, but for the most part, you pretty much know what their motive is, you know. Yeah. And 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 those are the ones that you kind of have that you we have to love them you know you know we have to love them and definitely have to love them um, but you have to handle them you know carefully you yeah. know because a lot of them can come and try to really deter they they come one way where they can try but their 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 motive again is different so you just have to be discerning when it comes to that Greg um, and and thank God that I that one one gift that He has given me is definitely the gift of discernment so I'm really discernful as to who means me good and who don't yeah. And, and when they come at me that certain way, sometimes, because I have had that happen, when they do come at me that way, man, I won't say that it doesn't hurt, but I've learned to just pray about it, pray for my enemies, and bless those who curse me. And before you know it, man, you're delivered, you move on, and you're over that situation, man. Yes. Well, let me ask you this, Derek. You yes. know, when you pray, you know, you and I, we talk all the time, and, and, huh? and you pray all the time. Huh? What are some of the conversations you have with God now? You know, Greg, I, I really just I let me just say this. I went prayer I, I think prayer kinda goes you, you your prayer life develops as you pray more. And in the beginning of my prayer life I was praying because I honestly wanted a quick fix. I wanted to come into the house of God and, you know, get the houses, the cars and all that kind of stuff. Let's just be honest. Okay. Then the storms of life came. And I began to, you know, seek God about trouble. You know, the word of God says he's our, our very present help in the time of trouble. But now that I've seen God bless me with some material things and restore me from some things that I was going through, my prayer to God now, man, is about his glory and nothing else. You know, not about the houses, not about the cars, not about my prayer to God now is, God, let us see your glory. That's my conversation that I'm having with God. God, come and let us see the power. You know, the Word of God says that we should know you in the power of your resurrection and in the fellowship of your suffering. Let us see that power that you're talking about. So that's my prayer. My, when I, my prayer with God lately has been, Lord, it's not about any, anything else but seeing your glory, seeing your hand moving this end time and seeing lives be impacted and powered by the power of God. But there, more than anything. But there, yes. what what happens when you don't see that move right away? When 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 you're praying and and you, you know, you want to see uh, the things that you're talking about. But what if it's not happening? And you, you, I mean, do you ever get impatient and say, you know, Lord, you're just not moving fast enough for me? Sure, I have. But you know what I've learned about God, Greg, is God is going to do it in His time and His time and only. <laughs> so we can get mad, we can murmur, we can complain, we can kick, whatever, but God is going to move when He's ready to move. So if it hasn't happened yet, then it's just not the appointed time. But what I'm doing is to continually pray and continually believe Him, continually, continually release my faith about the circumstance and situation so that when it can, so that when it does come, I'm ready for it. You know, but there are times when, when you know, we, we pray and, you know, I, I know I can certainly say there have been times in my life I really wish God would have moved a lot faster than he did, but he didn't. You know, he moves when he want to move. But I will always, I can always say this, any time that he does move, it's, it's the perfect timing, you know. It, it, it's, it's, it's like the like the old song says, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. At the appointed time, God's going to show up and do what he has to do. And it may seem like it's been an eternity that you've been waiting, you know, but when it comes and when God does it, it's just the perfect time. You can look back and say, you know what, had it came back another day, I probably wouldn't have made it. But it came right at the nick of time. So I've learned to just, you know, let go and let God when it comes to me not seeing the move as fast as I wanted to be, Greg. Awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, Derek, I have a question. Um, it's going back to when uh, you talked about your friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know how some of them accepted it, some of them didn't. Mm-hmm. What about your family members? Did you have a situation where some of your family may have thought that you weren't genuine in your walk, or you know maybe there was some contention because you decided to follow Christ? You know what? That sure was. You know, your family sometimes is, a lot of your hurt really comes from your family. 
because those are the ones that love you that, and that you love. And so when they're used to you being a certain way and you start to change, that does cause some, some contention, you know. Um, but you know what, man, I've learned is that um, I can't worry about them and, and, and what they feel about the situation. I can't say that it doesn't bother me. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. And, and it goes back to what I said earlier. You can tell them all day long that you're trying to change your life or live a better life, but when they see the fruit of it, that in itself is a witness. And that, again, witnesses to them, and then they, in turn, come at you with a totally different approach. You know, And you know what's the strangest thing about it, man, is, and I was about the whole situation when it comes to your family? Your family knows when you're living in sin what you're doing. But not one time do they ever say anything about you when you're living in sin. Wow. But the minute you begin to walk with God, that's when all the conversations, all the gossiping, and everything else starts to come about. Hmm. Shouldn't it have been the time that I was living in sin that you should have been talking about it and, and trying to, you know, say certain things to make me get back on the right path? But, no, it's just the opposite. The minute you start serving God is when all of that starts taking place. But, I've, but the Word of God even say, also says this, a prophet is not honored in his own country. See, they knew what they knew what I was used to doing, so they were more reluctant to to accept me. But God had to take me away from all of that and put me in an unfamiliar place where I knew nobody to grow me up, you know, so that I can mature in the things of God. And they see that. And you know, now when I when I'm around my family, you know, my family is very very uh, I would say connected for lack of a better word, but. Um, the, the, the conversations and, and just the approach is different, you know. And I even went through a period where I felt strange. I really did. I felt like I just couldn't be around them, you know. And I used to think it was me. I really did. I was paranoid and insecure. But you know what, man? That's the spirit of God on the inside of you. When you have really tapped into the spirit of God, you just can't go back to any old thing or any old way and feel the same. You just can't. You know, because the word of God says that we are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a peculiar people. So, you know, it's just like when you get saved and you used to go to the club. If you slip and go back to the club, you're, so, you're paranoid, you're scared, you're nervous, because, again, you've come from out of that. So when you go back to it, it's different. You know, so when you're used to hanging around your family, you're used to being the one finding out the joints and you used to be the one drinking the beer and all that, when you go around them and you don't do none of that, it's kind of the, 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 the approach and, and, and the, the, uh, the air or the atmosphere is different. Mm-hmm. And for a long time I thought it was, was me, you know, but no, it's not me. It's my spirit exposes, my, my, my living spirit exposes the darkness that some of them are still walking in. That's so you know? true. That's mm-hmm. so true, Derek. You know, That's true. And, 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 you know, you feel like that. You know, once you really have tapped into the spirit of God, you, you, you really become a different being. You, you, your, your countenance change. You know, you, you, you change. And, and um, so, yeah, I would definitely say that, you know, when I begin to walk up with God, that things in my family begin to change. And it, you know what? It probably will always change, be be changing. But you know what, Brian? Mm-hmm. Where I'm at with God, I'm grateful. And if nobody else goes, I'm going to go. And nobody else, no matter how much I love them and like to be around them, nobody's going to hinder me in my walk with God. Mm-hmm. Nobody. That's it. You can't let anybody. And if, That's it. And if discontentment <laughs> in in whatever is going to be, how it's got to be until I leave here, then so be it. Because for God, I live. And for God, I die. It's that simple. <laughs> Derek, we have a caller yeah. from the 972 area code. Caller, are you there? I think we're having some technical difficulties. But, Derek, you know, you said something that stood, uh, that that I think a lot of people really need to to hear, and they, they really need to get a full understanding. You know, we were talking about God's timing. We were talking about when we want things done, the kicking and the screaming. Mm-hmm. None of that touches God. You know, when we're sitting around complaining and we say, you know, we see other people being blessed and you, well, God, when is it my time? I hear the preacher saying every day it's your harvest, it's your harvest season, it's your time. But, Lord, these things are not happening for me. Mm -hmm. You know, and 
I, I, I read all the time, and uh, and I've come to the conclusion: it's your faith that activates God. Yes, it's your faith. Else. When you're down to nothing, yes. you're in the best position that you could be in. Sir, that is yes, sir. That's I, I when you agree. activate your faith. That's when you right. hold on to His Word, because That's God right. said, "Place me in the remembrance of My Word." My Word. That's what He said. That's what He said. So. To all of those that are out there listening and you're going through hard times, please understand what I'm saying. You are in the best position that you can be in. Yes, yes. It's not, it's, on a, it's an uncomfortable position, but yes. you're in that position so God can get the glory. God can get the glory, that's you right. Know, you may be in a position where no one can help you. Yes. And when you come out of that, the world will say, you know what, that was nothing but God that brought that person out of that. That's right. <laughs> He's gonna get the glory. And see, a lot of times when you when you really have a relationship with God, people around you know it. Yeah. They know it, and they're watching you. And see, and and see, and and when you're going through something and you love God, that's kind of contradictory if you think about it. Why is he going through all of this? But he loves God. But what God will do? God will allow those who don't believe Him to see you at your lowest, so that when He brings you out, they will know. That it had nothing to do with you, but it was all about God. And that in itself, again, here's that word again, witness to them. Now, you know what? You know what? Now, they were really down. But you know what? They're not down no more. And they was praying and they were smiling and they was, you know, believing God and encouraging people. You know what? God did that. And then themselves, they start to see God for their deliverance because they're watching you. And they may even be laughing at you and talking about you, but you know what? They're hurting themselves. So when people are when when you're going through stuff, it's really it's it's, it's imperative that we go through it, you know, strong, and not and I'm mean, granted sometimes you go through things it can kind of throw you off, it can kind of catch you off guard, and you can kind of you know stumble and fall through the darkness if you will. But really and truly, when we go through certain tests, it's our attitude. And the way we go through it, that really, really makes the difference. Yeah. Because, again, people are watching you. They're watching you. And, and, and when God brings you out of that thing, those people say, oh, man, you know what? I remember when he was catching the bus. But you know what? He still carried his Bible. He was still praying. He was still giving people money, still buying people lunch. You know what? Now he got a car. You know what? That was God. But, there, what about the people that are watching this person that, that they don't have the patience to wait? for that to happen, to to see the fruits of that person's labor. You know, they're watching this person and they're thinking, you know what, why should I follow this man? Mm-hmm. And why should I pray to his God when mm-hmm. he's suffering the way that he's suffering? What do you say to that person that's that's watching from the outside? And you know they watch. People watch you. They watch your walk. And they see you suffering. They see you constantly losing things. Right. But, you know, God will strip you of things sometimes. Very well. So, you know, the person on the outside, they don't know what's going on, so they figure, you know what, this person must have did something wrong, like Job. This person had to do something to be attacked like this by God. Why should I follow his God? What would you say to that person, Derek? I, I would just say that they shouldn't really, you know, so much put their eyes on what, the believers going through, but they should put their eyes on Jesus because everybody's walk with God is different. Sometimes you may not suffer the way I suffer, you know. Um, so each trial and each storm is different. But I would say to, you know, not put your mind so much on what the person is going through, but to put your mind on Jesus because, you know, like I said, everybody's walk is different, you know. And everybody's everybody's attacks and everybody's struggles and trials are going to be different, you know. So you may see a person who's a strong believer go through some stuff that is painful, and 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 they're saying, "Wow, you know, this this person loves God, and and they're going through all of this, you know." And 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 on the outside looking in, they may say that, you know, I don't want to be a part of that, but they can't base somebody else's storms on what God can do for them, you know. God may be allowing this person to go through because he has a deliverance ministry for them down the road, you know. 
God may be allowing this person to go through that because he got a healing ministry for them down the road. How could they be effective in their ministry if they hadn't gone through anything? So they should keep their eyes on God, the ultimate deliverer, the ultimate healer, as opposed to the actual person. You know? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, yes. Derek? I, I would just say that they should d- definitely keep their eyes on God as opposed to the actual person, man. Okay. Yes. Derek, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back a little bit mm-hmm. and um, sort of ask you a question similar to what I asked you in the beginning. Mm-hmm. When you... um. When you first, what what made you give your life to Christ? You know, Brian, I would go out and I park and I drink and I smoke and I have fun. Well, I thought I was having fun. But when I get home, the real me would come out. And I realized that, okay, I was drinking and I was smoking. And it felt good while I was doing it. But after a while, them same problems kept coming back up. Okay, I wait till the next Friday. I go out, I get drunk, I get high, I go back home, I come down, but those same problems were coming back, was coming up. I realized that the drinking and the smoking and the partying wasn't getting it. That I needed something else, something, I needed another fix so that I could feel better about who I was. And so God really began to deal with me. I remember going out to clubs and literally would stand, would be standing up in the club with frown, with a frown on my face, and people would come to me and say, "Man, what's wrong with you?" And I would be like, "Oh man, I'm fine." But you know, inside, God was dealing with me. Is this how you want to live? Is this the life that you? I mean, God really began to deal with me, and it says, "No man can come to the Father unless he is drawn." So God began to really draw me to Him. You know, He knew that I had a desire for change, so He began to draw me. And I just began to see God. I, I began to just, you know, uh, visit churches. And, I mean, I went to a lot of different places, and I was just really searching until I found that one that I knew was of God. And when I found that place, I knew that this was it. But I would say the thing that drew me most to God, man, was that I knew that I needed change in my life, and I needed change quick, fast, and in a hurry. And... God began to deal with me, and he began to really, really deal with me about my life and how I was living. And I knew that the way I was living was contrary to the word of God. And I thank God that he began to convict me about that, you know. And, you you and, know what, Derek? And, I'm sorry yeah. to cut you off. You know, right. when, when, when you were saying you were out there in the world and you were out there drinking and you were out there smoking and you were having a good time, mm-hmm. those type of things do not feel voids. No, they don't. You can go out there and have all the houses and the cars and the right. you know the drinks, the smokes, the, all the drugs you want. Right. Those things do not feel it's void. Not That's right. There's a, there's a, there's something absent in your life when you're out there in the world. Look at look at look at all the celebrities, man. That that have uh, yachts and estates and houses in different countries and cities and all of that. They end up killing themselves, or stay in, uh, or end up going to jail. Or just, they're not happy. So if you're thinking that money and material possessions is really what it's all about, then you've got them mistaken. You need to have inner peace with yourself and with God. You know, if you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have true inner peace, you crack up, you go crazy. I mean, you kill yourself, whatever. So. None of that stuff really, really matters. What really matters is having a personal relationship with God and having that inner peace. And, you know, that's something that doesn't take place overnight. It's something that you gradually, gradually, gradually have to go through. And you know how you get that peace, Greg? Well, how how you, you get that by spending time with him. Yes. And that means studying his word, praying, fasting, you know, surrounding yourself with other believers who are like-minded, and, and spending time with God, that's how you get that in. That's how you get that inner peace that you need because that's the only thing that's going to fill a lot of voids that you may have in your life is the Word of God and the peace of God. And Nothing got to do it. And you know, Derek, it's so important. You know, you said something that's so important about our relationship with God. Yes. You know, we go to God as we know Him. Mm-hmm. We ask God for things as we know Him. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And one thing that I that I want to say is, you have to have that personal relationship yes. with God. Yes. Yes. You have a personal relationship with your friends, your coworkers. You go out of your way to please these people and to fit into groups. Right. But we fail to fit into God's group. That's right. We fail to spend time with him. That's right. You know, it's just like this. If if I came up to you and said, Greg, I'm having a hard time, man. I need you to give me $20 for gas. You're more likely to give me those $20. You know why? Because you and I have a relationship. Yes. But a person just out of the blue, you know, can't come up to you and say, man, give me $20. You may give it to them. You may. You may, just out of the love that you have for, you know, for God. But you're more reluctant to give a person that you have a relationship something than you are a person that you don't have a relationship with. You know, it's the same with God. You know, a lot of people want to go to God and want God to give them this and give them that. But do you have a relationship with God? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? That's so. It. Not saying that he won't do it, because, again, he's a loving God. He has all power in his hand. But he's more likely to bless those that he has a relationship with. You know, so a relationship with God is important because you can't just pull anything over on God. No, You know, you just can't do that. You have to be in relationship with him. And does that mean that you're not going to be, that you're going to make mistakes? Are you going to be perfect? Absolutely not. Does that mean that you're not going to have some days where you just feel like you can't make it? Sure you will. Are there going to be some days that you really spend nights crying and weeping before him because you need him to move? Sure you will. But there's nothing more important than having a relationship with God. My pastor even preached a message last Sunday, a couple of Sundays ago. He said, God is more concerned with relationship than he is about us following the rules. Mm. And he used scriptural references to back that up. Basically, and I'll give you a perfect example, healing on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, we were supposed to do nothing on the Sabbath but rest, right? Right. Those were the rules. But God saw his child that was suffering, that needed to be healed. So better than than abiding by the rules, he healed his child because he was more concerned with the relationship with his child than he was about obeying the rules and doing nothing on the Sabbath. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. He is more concerned with a relationship than he is about anything else. So, who's ever listening, a relationship with God is probably, well, no, I'll say, is the most important thing that you can have. And that's so important. You have to have it. And I'll say amen to that. (laughs) Because if you have a relationship with God, you... You you know nothing really matters. You know you you may you know you, certain things may shake you up, but it won't really shake you up to that degree that you you know lose it because you have a, a relationship with him. So when you have a relationship with man, you can walk around with confidence. You can hold your head up high, and and no matter how you get knocked off, or you know you get outside track, or you get whatever. You always come back because you have that relationship with God. So, Derek, if yeah. someone wanted to reach you for speaking engagements, I know you're 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 able to fly or go wherever you're needed. How can they get in touch with you? Do you have an email address that yes. you'd like to give out? Yes, my email address is uh, Derek underscore Crawford. Uh, that's D-E-R-R-I-C-K underscore Crawford, C-R-A-W-F-O-R-D, at Hotmail.com. Or I can be reached on my cell phone um, at 850-294-4732. And about the speaking engagement, Greg, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll play that right here, man. <laughs> you know, as, as God leads, you know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know me, I'm always trying to speak things into existence, but I know yes, I know there's a time and place for everything and, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't have any control over that, but <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know, I know what you're doing, man. <laughs> yes, I I know that you have something yeah. and you're open yeah. and you're willing to speak what God gives you. Man. Yeah. Man, Brian, did you have any, Yeah, good. Brian, did you have anything for Derek? No, I just wanted to thank him for coming on the show and you know to just say, brother, you have made a friend of me. 
<laughs> and likewise, I definitely would definitely likewise. be talking in the future. Oh yeah, likewise. we'll definitely likewise. stay in touch. And Derek, you know, with, with you being obedient, I think someone on the call or someone that's listening to the show, yes, they're being restored. Yes, I really God. believe that. I, I believe that is definitely my prayer, Greg. And before I even came on the air, I prayed tonight and I said, God, allow me to decrease that you may increase. And in the end, you will get the glory. So if somebody's being touched by the power of God, all glory goes to God. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. And Derek, we thank you. We love you, brother. Right. We, hey, you're not a stranger right. here. And we're yeah. going to have you back on. And we can't right. wait for you to come back on. So stay in touch with us. And, and I'm sure the, the callers and the listeners, they have enjoyed you. Amen. I sure hope so, man. It's been my absolute pleasure. Yes. With that being said, this is the Abundant Solutions Hour, and our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. And tonight, I think all of those things were accomplished along with restoration coming back. Thank you. Amen.